The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 113. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papalong is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. We've got some hands-on time with the Palm Trio 800W, the winner of our Zune giveaway contest, and an interview with Altel about their new EVDO Reve network. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. So today we've got a, a special show. We've got our regular news, devices, software, questions and comments as always. And then we're going to uh, end the show with a, uh, an interview that Joey and I did this past week with Dave Maddox from uh, Altel. And we talked about the uh, EVDO Reve network that they have, uh, among other things. And, and so it's kind of an interesting listen. It's only about eight minutes long. And uh, we'll be playing it at the, uh, the finish of the show here. So make sure you hang on to listen to that. So, Joey, this week I got an 800W from uh, Palm, and this was actually a Sprint-provided phone, similar to the uh, the deal that I had with the Instinct from last week. And just a few uh, fi- quick things to mention about it. Um, obviously, the the Trio here is is the upgraded version of of the uh, 700 series. It's a CDMA device running EVDO Reve, so it's got fast speeds for upload and download. Uh, some things that Palm has added into this device that we haven't seen on any Trio up until this this point include GPS, Wi-Fi, and of course that EVDO Reve for uh, for high-speed data connections. The Windows Mobile 6.1 operating system on it runs very well. This is the second phone that I've personally had hands-on time with running 6.1. Very stable. I've been very impressed with it overall. I have had you know almost no problems with it. And uh, one thing that I really do like is the keyboard on it. I think Palm did a great job with this keyboard. It is uh, a little bit uh, smaller than the Trio 750 or the Trio 700, but of course bigger than the Centro. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, Joey, on the on the keyboard on the Centro, um, your, your keys have kind of a, a rubbery feel, do they not? I mean, there's 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 some significant differences between what you've got and this one, yes? Yeah, the because uh, your keys are just hard plastic. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah, and these are these are grippy rubber, which makes I think it makes the the typing uh, easier. Okay, well the these these keys are are very responsive, and I, I appreciate that. Coming from the 750, where I had issues with keys not registering or you know double tapping when I didn't mean for them to double tap on the seven you know on, on that 750 series. Uh, this one I've had not one problem yet so far with typing on it, so that's been that's been good. Uh, it does have, a, like I said, a GPS in it, which is unique. It'll, there's a plug-in on the, on the main screen that allows you to type in pretty much anything you want and hit search. And what that does is it will pull up, uh, based on your current location, whatever it can find in the area. And I had a, an example that I used that this week on and um, was looking for uh, a Best Buy. And uh, in the area, I knew there was one around, and I was looking for a phone number. So before we went over there, I wanted to call. And so I typed in Best Buy and hit search, and it pulled up one that was less than a mile away, and, and it had the address and the phone number on it. And a simple click later, I mean, it was literally within probably 10 seconds, I had a phone number to a Best Buy. So it was kind of like having Visual 411 in my hand. 
hand, and I really appreciated that. Uh, the the hardware on the device is is quite nice in my opinion. It's got that that soft rubber feel on the on the back of it, kind of like a soft matte finish, uh, and it's got some extra keys on the front, including a uh, the Windows and OK keys that people are are used to, plus a dedicated calendar and mail application key, which I've seen seem to help me quite a bit getting um, getting around the device, uh, you know, at, at a good clip. If there's one thing that I can talk negatively about this device, it's going to be the stylus. Um, Joey, you can see this here. This has got to be about the cheapest stylus that I've ever seen. It's it's like a it's very cheap plastic. Uh, let's just put it that way. It's easily easy to bend. When you try and type on the screen, your hand just absolutely just mashes this thing, and it just does not work <laughs> very well. The central the central stylus looks to be about the same. Uh, I would recommend uh, getting a, a studio. They've got metal replacement ones with pens built into them, even if you want. So uh, uh, I would recommend going there for a better stylus if anybody has a kind of a junky stylus. Yeah, it, it's it's not good. Um, but that's that's probably one of the biggest downfall that I that I could find on it so far. Dedicated Wi-Fi key right on the top of it. That's a multi-function key. It allows you to turn the Wi-Fi on and off. And also, you can a, a press and a hold do different things. So if you hold it down, it dumps you right into the Wi-Fi settings, and you can add or remove networks or change you know settings on those or whatnot. Um, it also one thing that that's different on this one than I believe on uh, I know on the 750 but also on the Centro as well is that the microphone is actually on the front of the device and I like that I appreciate that um, the sound quality has been pretty good on it I talked to you Joey on it um, and uh, it's it seems to be working really well um, charging on it has what they're calling a micro USB port, which has been very debatable for kind of things that I've read online about this. Some people are saying it's proprietary. Other people are saying, no, it's micro USB. Uh, there's not a whole lot of information out there. there micro USB is not really um, a, a big standard. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I can't quite see that picture. I guess I'll have to look one up. Micro is my micro USB is not as common as, uh, the mini, oh, it's the, yeah, mini USB, and there's and there's actually like three different micro USBs, if I remember correctly. There's a there's a few of them. Lovely, that's yeah. that's great. That's very helpful for the consumer. <laughs> so uh, it does have a, a also a micro uh, SD card slot. Uh, I think it takes up to eight gigabytes, if I remember my information correctly. So that uh, that's pretty decent. Um, it's got a nice little flap on the side of the the phone here that makes it real easy to you know, move pull cards in and out. So no problems there. And uh, just overall, just a decent device. I've been, I've been having a lot of fun with it. And thanks again to, to Sprint for providing it. Um, I guess uh, finally, I just mentioned real quick, it's an 1150 milliamp hour battery, which um, I hear is the same as the Centro. In fact, it's actually interchangeable with the Centro. So if you have this, uh, if you have the Centro and you've upgraded here to this, the uh, 800W, you're going to be able to use your same battery. So that is something that's definitely positive um, about it as well. So a good solid, Windows Mobile device, um, Joey. Any questions on it at all? Um, how, how is your battery life then? Yeah, uh, I've I've hooked it up, so I've got it hooked into my Exchange server, and uh, that uh, when during during the day, I I'm I'm down to the end of the battery by the time I get home at six o'clock. I've got less than twenty percent left, um, you know, and so it, it's about a day, um, uh, you know. And I had I played with it a little bit this week using SMS messages um, through Twitter, or I guess Twitter through SMS messages, and that killed it. It was dead by um, 
by the time I left work. So that was that was not good. But other than that, um, if I think if you're just using it under normal conditions, you'll be fine with a day. Um, I think probably similar to what you've seen. And of course, over the over the first few days that I used it, the battery life got better because I believe this one I was the the first person to use it, and the battery was was still in plastic. So um, it was uh, it was pretty much pretty much dead when I got it and took a couple of days to get a condition, but it seems to be working just fine now. Camera on, it's two megapixel. Um, it's okay. It's nothing to write home about. I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not extremely impressed with it. I'm not, uh, you know, displeased with it. It's just, you know, two megapixel camera. Um, the optics on it are, are fair. Um, not great, but fair. Yeah, I wanted to say about that micro USB. That is the standard that uh, the cell phone manufacturers agreed upon uh, last year for uh, making basically all cell phones and a lot of mobile devices charge with that standard. Uh, my Plantronics uh, Bluetooth headset uses that particular um, um, plug. It's a real thin, real flat USB. It's got a couple metal tabs on it to lo- kind of lock into place. So um, you'll mm. be probably seeing a lot more of those up and coming. Okay. All right. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it seems to be fine. I don't, I don't, haven't had any issues with it. Um, you know, to talk about. It's a little funky plugging it in. You, you just have to, you have to figure out how it plugs in once and then you know how it goes going forward. But um, it's not quite as apparent as a, like a mini USB when you're plugging it in because it's got, you know, it's kind of like a, oh, what do they call it? Like a, a hexagon shape or something on the mini USB where it's flat and it's got these sides that come down at angles. It's not quite as apparent when you're plugging this one in, but whatever. That's, that's you know, a long ways from a, a problem, I guess. So, Anyway, uh, Trio 800W, uh, definitely, I think, a decent device, and uh, so been happy with it so far, and I'll uh, hoping to get a formal review up on it uh, between now and the next show. So let's move on here. Just wanted to briefly mention that uh, every week we do this show, of course, free of charge to all of you, the listeners, and we do it because we enjoy it. Uh, but there are certain things that we would like to do with this show that will require us to uh, to outlay some of our own funds to do so. And if you are interested in helping support the show um, by uh, way of donation, we are certainly open to donations. And you can head over to the cellphonejunkie.com. And on the right side, there's a donate button. And thanks to everyone who's donated thus far. It is absolutely uh, not required, and I would never put any pressure on anybody to do it because it is it is completely up to you. Um, but if you are looking to do so, you can do it uh, via way of PayPal at thecellphonejunkie.com. And again, thank you to everyone uh, up until this point who has donated to us. So we have a giveaway we need to announce this week, and to do it, uh, we have a. Or I've put together a list. Joey has not seen it. There were 23 different entries uh, for people that entered into the website. They went over to the cellphonejunkie.com and entered in their comments, and we are going to choose one randomly here. So I've got a list in no particular order uh, from one to 23. So I'm going to ask Joey to pick one number out of that 1 to 23, and from there, uh, I will tell you who it is. Lucky number 13, because we're at the 113th episode. Okay, 13. That would be a username Saint, or it's STL Rams Fan. So St. Louis Rams Fan, if you can shoot me an email 
to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com and give me all of your information. I will uh, send this off to you sometime between now and the next show. So congrats to you on uh, winning that uh, Zune 4 gigabyte. And this will be uh, hopefully something that you can use uh, into the future for listening to the Cell Phone Junkie episodes. So before we get into uh, news here, just one more item. We have an interview, like I mentioned here, at the end of this show. So make sure you hang on to listen to that. Uh, Dave Maddox was very gracious with his time, and I want to make sure that... uh, that uh, you listen to that. Actually, one more thing too here before I forget. Uh, I'm going to be, or if uh, as you're listening to this, I've already been on the Mobile Computing Authority's podcast. And uh, the Mobile Computing Authority is done by three gentlemen. Names are Craig Johnston, Dante Saragumba, and Bill Faust. And every other week, they talk about the latest in the mobile computing industry. A lot of focus uh, is on the BlackBerry. I think most of them have Blackberries, and so they talk quite a bit about them. Uh, they've done, it uh, looks like, 57 shows, so I will be on episode number 58, and we'll be discussing a number of different things, primarily uh, regarding um, EVDO and GSM and HSDPA, all the different uh, networks, uh, types that are out there, and we'll talk a little bit about the... Um, um, the bands, the 850 versus 1900 bands as well. And so just kind of a, an overall discussion of the cell phone technologies and, and different, different things uh, regarding that. So make sure you check that out. You can get it at mca.libsyn.com. So in the news this week, uh, first off, we'll chat about the iPhone a little bit. The first topic is the reception on the iPhone has come under a lot of scrutiny this week because a lot of people are saying that it is not what they wanted. And the 3G signals that they're getting are causing lots of dropped calls and abilities uh, to make calls, uh, poor data connections, uh, among other things. And the the answer, according to uh, various forums and AT&T and Apple, is to just simply switch your device off of 3G and switch it over to the 2G Edge network, and you should have uh, no problems. Well, unfortunately, that's not really an answer that a lot of people are willing to accept because they bought this particular device for one reason, and that was to get the 3G network. And it has been, uh, it's been problematic, to say the least, for some of these people. So um, my experience with it uh, over the first couple of days, at least, was fairly positive. And then I realized a lot of that had to do with the fact that um, I was at home <laughs> using it for the first couple of days and was on Wi-Fi and have got a very strong 3G signal here. Uh, I look at Looking at my phone right now, I've got three out of five bars. Uh, now up to four out of five bars, and and so it's it's fairly good. However, I work in an area that's not quite as as strong, and so I've noticed that uh, this this very thing where the phone will will not necessarily switch over to an edge connection if it can still hang on to a three G connection, and it's really um, uh, causing problems as far as data connections and and not being able to make those connections. Um, uh, missed phone calls, missed emails, um, things like that, and so it, it's it's almost like the the radio either isn't strong enough or maybe the AT&T network's getting kind of overwhelmed by all these new devices uh, or it's just, uh, quite honestly, just a, a problem uh, with with something that needs to get resolved uh, in the hardware. Hopefully that's not the issue because that's going to be millions of phones that um, that are going to potentially come come upon problems here. So um, I don't know, Joey, what do you think about this this particular story? Most Most likely if it is something internal to the iPhone, they will be able to update the the code for the the radio to to help switch back and forth if it is an issue where that's it's holding on to the 3g network too long i'm sure they can 
they can uh, fix that up to get it back over to edge a little faster. Well, AT&T's uh, Mark Siegel has said that the company hasn't noticed any issues with the iPhone or its 3G networks that may be causing the problems. And of course, they note um, the obvious saying that wireless coverage depends on a wide variety of factors, including your proximity from the access point and, of course, materials that are used to construct buildings. So not uh, not exactly the answer a lot of people are looking to hear, but um, there are some forums that are out there that are quite extensive and are uh, probably going to uh, ho- hopefully push AT&T and, and Apple in a way to, to make them make changes that they need to to, to satisfy the customer. Yeah, and, and obviously if you've had a 3G device already, uh, you should kind of know how it should perform, I suppose. And if the iPhone really isn't that good, then, uh, you know, don't wait for them to, to fix it. Um, don't hold on if you're really dissatisfied with it. Uh, you should really take it back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's something that would be charged a restocking fee because you say the coverage is bad, but I, I don't think so. I mean, that sounds kind of like it's almost effective, especially if you have another 3G phone that you say, you know, that it's really, you know, poor in comparison to. So I don't know, that is an option. I, I think it's going to be a fight. And, and here's why. If you are, if you are an, a new AT&T customer and you go to take back that, that iPhone 3G, you're going to be subject to the, uh, I believe it's a 10% restocking fee. So depending on how much you paid for the phone, 20, 30, 40, or even $50, depending on uh, if you got the subsidy or not, they're not, you're not going to be able to give that up. What's going to happen is they're going to say, well, if you've got a problem with the phone, you need to go to Apple. And Apple will swap it out for a, a new unit. Any warranty or defective claims have to go through Apple. Um, at least that's uh, what I believe that they did with the first version. I think they're going to do it with this version as well. So I think you'd actually have quite a bit, quite a rough time trying to to return it and get your money back. But keep in mind, you do have that AT&T period of 30 days uh, after you sign up for a contract to return a phone. So at the, at the most, if you were a brand new customer, you had that 30-day period, you could get out of it and uh, you'd be out the 30 bucks, I guess it is. And um, so that's not too bad. Uh, but yeah, don't, uh, if, you're in, if you're not able to make calls or having problems with it, don't wait. Just make the change. It'll be, uh, it'll be better for your sanity because <laughs> otherwise you're going really uh, to really have a rough time with your new, uh, your new phone. You're not going to like it. Uh, so anyway, so that's uh, that's an interesting you know thing that we'll keep a close eye on. And um, like I said, I've I've had I've had a little bit of that as far as issues with it, um, but it hasn't been overwhelming, and it hasn't been to the point where I felt like it needs to go back. So anyway, uh, but moving on here, the iPhone 3G uh, is selling twice as fast as the original. Apparently, uh, they have sold obviously a million units over the first weekend of the of the unit being available, and that took them. Uh, uh, took them a, a few months with the first model that was out, so a lot uh, a lot faster than they thought, and uh, looks like they're going to probably be doing uh, doing the same types of volumes into the future. Uh, iPhones are still p- kind of sold out pretty much anywhere you go. AT and T is diverting all of their stock to the direct fulfillment uh, program. So if you go into an AT and T store, order an iPhone, they're going to uh, they're going to put you in the direct fulfillment program, and then once the phone is available, it will get shipped directly to the store, and you can go in and then pick it up and activate it through them. Similar to what I did, it works very well, uh, but they are not uh, giving any phones available to the stores to sell to walk-in customers. So keep that in mind. If you're not willing to wait in line at an Apple store, you're not going to be getting one at an AT&T store. My question is, why, did, why didn't they do that in the first place? <sighs> you know, <laughs> that's a great question. It, it made all the sense in the world it, to me when I was able to do it. 
Um, but it, it's just easy, you know. Hmm. I, I would recommend it if someone's looking at it. But they they're saying two to three weeks now uh, minimum lead times in order to get them. So it's not like you're going to just walk in order one. You'll have it tomorrow or anything like that. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, anyway, Apple stores are going to be making some changes over the next uh, week here. They've decided to open all Apple stores. Did I say AT&T? I meant Apple. Apple's going to be opening all Apple stores starting at 8 a.m. to help alleviate some of the backlog in, or, in getting these phones into customers' hands. They're also going to reserve phones. So if people come in and uh, they don't have any phones available, they're gonna, you're going to be able to uh, give them your information, and then when it's available at the store, then they will then call you and or email you, and you'll be able to come in and pick it up. So it's kind of like a pre-qualification type of deal, kind of like the direct fulfillment that AT&T is doing. So it looks like they're making some 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 changes to hopefully speed up the process of getting these into customers' hands. Um, I know there's at least one store in, in Phoenix that has them available. That's Arrowhead Town Center um, that I was at yesterday, and uh, they had their grand opening of the store yesterday, and they had phones there, um, and actually had someone who went over there last night um, close to their closing time, and they, he was able to walk in and get one basically without any waiting. So there there are some to be had. You just kind of have to keep an, a close eye out on what's available and, and in the stocks and whatnot so that you're not taking an abundant amount of time uh, in line when you don't need to. Uh, but another interesting thing here is uh, from The Consumerist, a story that talks about should AT&T be advertising that the iPhone 3G's speed is indeed twice as fast when there's no 3G network in the area. And it comes from a newspaper, last weekend's Sunday paper, from Wichita, Kansas, where there's an advertisement um, saying that the iPhone 3G is twice as fast. Well, a quick search on the AT&T 3G coverage maps notes that the closest areas to Wichita that have 3G coverage are Topeka and Tulsa. So Wichita is simply an edge network city, which... Probably in the future, we'll get 3G as they expand their coverage, but at this point is yet uh, to be seen. So uh, some pretty uh, deceiving advertising if, if you're one that uh, is, is looking at this ad and assuming that because it's in your local paper, you're going to be able to get it and get these 3G speeds. Um, but uh, I don't know if there's any sort of recourse to that. Um, other than just you know <laughs> complaining about it, but I don't I don't know that you're gonna get the network built out any quicker there or get any you're not, obviously not gonna get any discounts on it. So no, it's that's kind of buyer beware. You have to be really careful and 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 look at the coverage maps before um, you know you you sign up, uh, especially you know and even that's not always you know accurate because it may not work at your house mm-hmm. for that matter. Any anybody any place it may not work at their house. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the issue with with three G networks. Uh, you know, especially the the GSM ones. They're not all built out no. yet. I mean, that's not the the coverage isn't all there. So it's it's something you're now paying a little extra money for with the, with this new version of the iPhone that you may not be able to take advantage of. Yep. Uh, easy to do though. Wireless.att.com slash coverage viewer will get you into the map and then you can search for your area to see if there's the possibility of 3G coverage in your area. Again, they don't, uh, they don't guarantee service. They just say this is where it should be available. Well, uh, some of the issues that people have uh, been complaining about, uh, such as uh, laggy software or uh, frequent lockups or third-party applications causing problems, will hopefully be resolved as Apple has ceded the 2.1 software to developers. And apparently there are some GPS features uh, and also the possibility of things like cut and paste in the new version of the software. So keep an, keep an eye on that, and we'll be sure to report on anything that we see that comes out uh, with this new version. 
version of the software. But hopefully some of the issues that people have been having will be easily and quickly addressed before they cause, uh, you know, cause people to you know, get to the point where they don't want to use their iPhones anymore. And uh, tethering has long been something that people have liked to do with devices that they've had to their computers in order to get around the cost of paying for an additional uh, air card, PC card, USB card, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And the iPhone now has uh, tethering available for it if you're willing to do a little bit of work. Uh, It's not easy. You have to have Uh, You have to be able to jailbreak the phone, so you have to download the software that's available out there now to jailbreak the phone. And then you need a few programs, including one called 3Proxy and Mobile Terminal. Then you create an ad hoc Wi-Fi network uh, between your notebook, and then you connect your iPhone to it and uh, go into the mobile terminal, do some uh, interesting steps that are way beyond anything that I would be willing to do, and voila, you've got a 3G network tethered to your laptop. So not exactly something that <laughs> the average person is going to be willing to do. Very wonky, if you ask me, but will, uh, will certainly work if you're interested in, in, in taking the time to do it. Well, on to the rest of the news here. Verizon Wireless has agreed to some divestitures in order to acquire Altel. This is from, uh, to meet Department of Justice approval, Verizon agreed to divest some of its assets in selling off 85 of its markets across 18 different states. Many of them are rural areas where its services overlap with Altels. Verizon has also agreed to certain roaming conditions, and uh, if these two concessions do not, uh, they do not mean that the sale has been approved, uh, but they will be furthering the hope that Verizon will be able to finish their Altel acquisition. Verizon also announced that 1.5 million customers were added within the second quarter. Uh, They are now up to 68.7 million total subscribers, uh, but their shares did fall 61 cents or 1.7% as the news failed to to help with any economic concerns that they had. Um, So hopefully the... uh, you know they will see some continue, continued growth here uh, over the next few quarters uh, to help uh, with their stock prices. AT&T has also announced that they've grown their data revenue uh, quite a bit over the last few, uh, few months and looks like a 52% bump in cash flow from data alone, which includes text and MMS messaging. Uh, overall revenue from the wireless division was met with a 15.8% gain. That's due to 1.3 million subscribers switching over to AT&T, giving them a grand total of 72.9 million. Uh, obviously, they're still just a bit ahead of Verizon here, uh, but as soon as that acquisition with Altel goes through, the Verizon Corporation will have many more subscribers than AT&T. Well, Aircel is a corporation that has allowed people to use uh, Wi-Fi access or internet access in planes through Wi-Fi uh, and using the EVDO Rev-A network. They announced this week that they are now committed to moving towards the LTE standard for their fourth generation of services. LTE is not commercially deployed anywhere, but will soon be, and looks like AT&T and Verizon obviously have already announced it, and uh, this corporation, Aircel, will be tagging on to one of those networks in order to provide the services to uh, airline passengers over uh, many different commercial airline flights. 
O2 is not the only one leaking MMS messages. This is according to a Slashdot article. This came from a uh, publicized issue where O2's um, the, uh, over in the UK was taking the private SMS or MMS messages of its users and having them searchable through Google. If you go to Google and click on images, you were able to search through different uh, you, through millions of photos that are out there and uh, a quick search would allow you to pull up one if you knew the right knew the right uh, verbiage on how to to look for it and some were even tagged with the phone number that the vi- the picture was sent from allowing you to download it print it and even you know, forward it to any other people on the web so this was uh, this was something that that came up a few few months ago and then other operators now have been drugged down into this including Canada's Bell uh, solo mobile Verizon Rogers and quest um, however they have decided to remove all their protected MMS messages and all the cached search listings are no longer available. So a, uh, a scary thing for the privacy of people that thought they were sending their MMS messages uh, and having them only go to the person, the recipient uh, intended. So uh, just be aware of that when you're sending messages that you're not sending anything that you would not want anyone else to see. LG has become the third biggest handset maker after moving 27.7 million units. They just passed uh, Motorola and also Sony Ericsson and moved into the third spot with its 27.7 million units. Uh, This uh, falls behind Nokia and Samsung and uh, LG doing very well uh, with devices such as the Venus at 1.6 million units and the Voyager with 1.3 million units. Well, we talked last week on a question from one of our listeners about T-Mobile's ability to uh, reject your, uh, your, the possibility of having your, your account um, canceled due to their increase in SMS messages. Well, they have this week said that they're going to be adding restrictions to how you can cancel your contract without the early termination fee, including you can't have unlimited messaging, uh, an unlimited, message, unlimited messaging bundle on your account within the past three months. Uh, you have to have been charged for text messages during the last three months, which is what our listener said. And uh, if you want to cancel your uh, email, your T-Mobile contract without an early termination fee, uh, you have to show that your materially uh, your, a material adverse change has happened. And so, with these uh, particular restrictions that they're saying, uh, it's not going to be all that easy. So they seem very arbitrary, and I know a lot of people aren't real happy about it. Well, you know what? That wasn't in the contract in the beginning, and unfortunately, T-Mobile, uh, they better uh, change their tune because that's, uh, you know, that's ridiculous. Because if they're changing the rates and those particular stipulations aren't in the contract that you signed to begin with, oh, let's just arbitrarily change the contract. Um, that's really not yeah. not too cool. Uh, it, it's not at all. Well, we've got. Uh, we, we've. I think Josh um, said that he was able to get out of his contract. So, I'd be interested to hear. Um, hoping Josh that you can send us a voicemail to to let us know how exactly uh, you were able to do that, so we can pass it on to the listeners. Because I'm sure there's other people who are interested in doing it that are out there listening that uh, have had uh, had the same kind of experience that you've had, and uh, so we'll be interested to know. Well, switching gears here a little bit, a mobile network uh, builder is looking towards IKEA for inspiration on how it's going to deploy networks. 
And a story here from PC World talks about how the majority of the future growth from the, the network operators will be in developing countries and rural areas where subscribers will be getting their first phone. The traditional equipment used to build out a network is very expensive, and the operators are only expecting to see approximately one to two US dollars per month in their ARPU. So what they're looking at is relatively low power consuming equipment and uh, only circuit switched GSM connections. So data connections through GPRS or 3G networks are not going to be rolled out. They're also looking to use solar equipment as it's come a long way in the last few years, and they will be able to use it uh, for the connection or for the the electricity that's needed to power the station. And now back to the data connection, how are they going to get those phone calls routed over a network? Microwave link looks like to be uh, the best way to do it. But to, to, to get these networks deployed in all these areas, they're looking towards a very radical system of doing it. Uh, if you look at a current uh, deployment of a, of a base station, it's approximately $25,000. Uh, this world GSM village site that they're, this base station that they're talking about will support up to 100 subscribers at a time and only cost 3,500 US dollars to roll out. Now, looking at how this would get rolled out, their vision is to have villagers uh, put together or put together money to purchase this equipment, go to pick up the base station, bring it out to the network or, the, or to the village that they live in, and then the 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 system will have color coded cables that will allow for connecting to the 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 base station back to the network through a continuous beeping sound that will tell the installer when the microwave link uh, is pointing in the right direction. Now, Joey, I'm interested because I know you've had a little bit of experience with setting up networks over uh, these direct RF links. I don't know. Have you ever done any microwave stuff? And if so, how would this help people in setting up a network? What does this do? How does it, how does it kind of ease the, ease the pain of doing it? Well, the uh, the canopy system that I have at the office, it, it actually does have a uh, audio um, link where you can set up the link to get it uh, aimed better. Uh, you know, get the, the the best aiming. So uh, it's very easy to do. I had no trouble uh, getting mine aimed at the other uh, station, and I went back and forth between the two buildings, uh, getting them both kind of uh, aligned so they the the they had the strongest signal strength. So. It uh, shouldn't be too hard to do as long as they have uh, a decent line of sight. Well, like IKEA, it will use pictures to explain the installation process, uh, in part because it doesn't have the resources to translate the manual into the hundreds of languages that would be needed. And they will ins- they will start trials of the system in September, and their goal is to start shipping in large volumes during the first quarter of next year. Well, if you are someone who needs to make a phone call to somebody and doesn't want them to know that you're calling them, a new service called Slidial is out there that will allow you to make a call free of charge and directly connect you to a person's voicemail by calling 267-SLIDIAL, which is 759 759- 3425 from any landline or mobile phone. At the voice prompt, you'll enter in the U.S. mobile phone number of the person that you want to call, and you will be directly connected to their voicemail. Going to slidial.com shows you some examples of why you may want to use the service, such as calling and letting someone down easy from not wanting to go out with them to letting your boss know that you will not be in today. Not exactly the most honorable of systems, but an interesting concept nonetheless. 
While Nokia and Qualcomm have been over have been battling each other over patent disputes over the last few months, and they emerged this past week in a Delaware court with a 15-year cross-licensing agreement. They were in a battle uh, on certain wireless patents and have come to terms covering GSM, Edge, CDMA, WCDMA, HSDPA, OFDM, WiMAX, and LTE technologies. Under the terms of the new agreement, Nokia may use Qualcomm's patents in its chipsets and network infrastructure equipment, the Qual- and Qualcomm may then use certain Nokia technologies within its chips. Qualcomm also won the right to call several disputed WCDMA, GSM, and OFDMA patents its own. Nokia will make an upfront payment to Qualcomm and pay ongoing royalties, but the financial details were not yet disclosed. Well, if you're a Sprint customer, you're going to be interested to hear this. They announced this week that nearly all of its cellular towers have been sold to TowerCo for $670 million in cash. It includes approximately 3,300 uh, CDMA and IDEN network towers, and TowerCo will take over the running and maintenance of the towers. However, Sprint will continue to lease the use of the towers from TowerCo, so it may continue to run its network. The sale frees up Sprint personnel from managing the towers and gives them a large amount of cash, both which will help it focus on its core business of providing business communications services. T-Mobile, Metro PCS, Atlantic Wireless, ACS Wireless have all joined in to purchase the uh, the the holdings of Next Wave Wireless. They sold 63% of its spectrum that it acquired in the 2006 uh, AWS auction. Most of the spectrum is located in California, Florida, Florida, and the New England region, but Next Wave has first anou- had first announced its intent to sell the spectrum earlier in the year, and it said that it will continue to pursue sales for the rest of the holdings. On to some devices here this week. First one we have is the Samsung Blackjack 3. Some additional details have emerged on it, showing that the device will, in fact, be a Windows Mobile 6.1 professional device with a 3-megapixel camera, 528-megahertz processor, a GPS chip, Wi-Fi, HSDPA, plus more. It's essentially a rebadged version of the Samsung i788 phone that was announced back at CES earlier this year, and looks like this will be available on AT&T sometime in October. Verizon announced this week the Motorola Adventure V750 with Reve push-to-talk support. The phone will come just under $100 after a new two-year contract, and it is taking a step forward using the Reve network for its push-to-talk services and uh, will be available hopefully within the next few weeks. Buyers can expect a 2-megapixel camera, music controls on the outside display, micro SD expansion slot, GPS, and... uh, also, plenty, plenty more, including the EVDO Reve data. The BlackBerry Storm looks to be getting visual voicemail when it comes to Verizon here. The BlackBerry Storm still slim on details, but visual voicemail hopefully coming soon to this device. Users uh, that have used the iPhone or the Samsung Instinct on Sprint will know that the visual voicemail system is a great way to see your voicemail, not only hear it. Well, the Nokia E71 North American Edition is available here in the U.S. for the first time. You can pick it up at the Nokia flagship store in Chicago. $483 plus tax will be the price of it. Uh, They will not, however, ship to out-of-town people, so you're going to have to be in the Chicago area if you want to pick one up. 
Well, Verizon is phasing out its Trio 755P. Apparently, this device hasn't been a big seller for them, and they're looking to move on to bigger and better things in the Palm line. So the 755P will be phased out here, and uh, you will not be able to pick it up soon. So if you're interested in picking up this device, make sure you get it before it is out. Yeah, and I've already read that it's in very short supply, and it is actually difficult to get, and they've slashed the price on it. Um uh, yeah, they, Verizon came out with this device very late compared to everybody else, and I, I'm not sure exactly what took them so long and what they were thinking then, because uh, now the Central is there, and, and I would actually recommend the Central over the 755 any day of the week due to better software, really a better form factor in, in many regards. So, yeah, that's um, an interesting device they've had for such a short amount of time. Yeah, just wasn't, you're right, they got it out too late, and it's just not going to be, just didn't work out for them. So um, if you can find one, pick one up before they're gone. Next here, the BlackBerry Kickstart 8220 has been reviewed by CrackBerry.com. Just verifying the the specs on the device, it is indeed a clamshell flip phone BlackBerry form factor, the first of its kind, quad band radios in it, a, a one. 60 by 128 external display with the 240 by 320 internal LCD, 2 megapixel camera, 3.5 millimeter headset jack, externally accessible micro SD card, OS version 4.6, SureType keypad, and we'll have Wi Fi on the 8220 series and GPS on the 8210. Well, the uh, Zune has been, obviously, a popular hand, uh, handheld MP3 player for the folks that have been interested in the Microsoft side of uh, MP3 players. And CEO Steve Ballmer wrote in an email this week that they may indeed do the same with some of their phones, and including the Zune functionality into it. The details were very sketchy. In, uh, the to quote uh, Mr. Ballmer, he says, In the competition between PCs and Macs, we outsell Apple 30 to 1. But there is no doubt that Apple is thriving. Why? Because they're providing, they are good at providing an experience that is narrow but complete, while our commitment to choice often becomes with some compromises to the end-to-end experience. Today, we're changing the way we work with hardware vendors to ensure that we can provide complete experiences with absolutely no compromises. We'll do the same with the phones, providing choice as we work to, to create great end-to-end experiences. Um, not an exact confirmation of a Zune phone, but many people are rumoring that this is the start of the development of this style of product and will possibly see something that is similar to an iPhone-style product. Uh, my guess is that we'll probably take Windows Mobile and just expand on that operating system to include some of the functionality of the Zune phone. But again, this is all very rumored at this point. The Sprint AirRave is a a great new product that will be available August 17th for Sprint customers that will allow coverage in areas where you don't necessarily have it. It's a base station that connects into your uh, home broadband router that provides you with uh, enhanced mobile phone signal and gives you unlimited calling over the service. However, some updates have, have come about this week that some people aren't real happy about, including no EVDO data. It will only include the 1X RTT. It cannot be seam- seamlessly transferred from a normal cell tower connection over to the AirWave. It only works where Sprint has native coverage due to a GPS check that happens when the device is first plugged in, and it only supports up to three simultaneous users at a time. This service is going to be available $15 for individuals per month or $30 for an entire family. The device looks to be approximately $50 for the hardware. 
The BlackBerry Bold release was supposed to happen sometime this coming August on the AT&T network, but according to BlackBerryNews.com, the roll or the rollout is going to be pushed back on the 3G BlackBerry to sometime around September 1st or later. September 1st, I believe, is Labor Day, so I would expect to see this sometime shortly thereafter. A new version of Windows Live is available for Windows Mobile as we talk about software here briefly. Microsoft has released an updated version of the Windows Live client for Windows Mobile. It will allow you to synchronize your live contacts with the contacts on your device, synchronize your live email, including MSN, Hotmail, or Live.com, viewing graphics, web links, and contact photos within emails, responding to emails with voice recordings, and also uploading photos to your Windows Live spaces. If you're a Windows Live user on your Windows Mobile device, make sure you check this one out as it's a free download from wl.windowsmobile.com. Now, is this a software that has the uh, the mapping program and the GPS uh, functionality as well, or is that a different one? Uh, that would be different. That is, I think, Windows Messenger. <laughs> They've got all these different programs that are out there. Um, let me just take a quick... Now, I thought it was Windows Live, but I, it's live, I can't remember it's, what I installed. It's Live, live search. search. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay, that's what... You, okay, Windows Live Search. All right. Yes, this is Windows okay, Live. Then there's also Live Search. So, uh, And then Live Messenger? Uh, yes, and then there's... Or is that just Windows Messenger? Well, it could be Windows <laughs> Messenger. But Windows Live Messenger is now available for the BlackBerry. So if, you're, oh, if sure. you are using the Windows Messenger service on a Windows PC or any other Windows mobile device, you're now able to install it on a BlackBerry so that you can instant message back and forth with the messengers, whether they're at the desktop or uh, out on in on mobile. Uh, if you're a BlackBerry user right now, you're familiar with the BlackBerry Messenger, uh, not to be confused with the Windows Live Messenger for BlackBerry. That works fairly well. This one just looks to be a little bit more uh, interoperable within uh, uh, different uh, operating systems and devices. Well, AT&T has announced that their navigation system is going to be available overseas. They announced that the GPS-based navigation service will work not only within the U.S., but also four different uh, or 20 different countries in four different languages, including English, German, Italian, and Spanish. Uh, the service is a data-based service, so make sure that you've got the, uh, the international data roaming uh, set up on your device, otherwise you're going to be paying some pretty steep roaming charges on this, but it costs $20 per month and includes the foreign and domestic service. Uh, If you're looking for the U.S.-only navigation service, that is simply $10 a month. Well, the Palm Centro on Sprint got a software update this week. Looks like software version 1.07-SPNT is available. And Joey, I know you've installed it, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what it did for you? Well, the biggest uh, feature that is uh, touted on this is the uh, Google Maps My Location is now available. Uh, the, the bizarre thing is they didn't include the new version of Google Maps in the ROM itself, so you still have to go download and uh, use a little of your memory to uh, have the uh, the functioning My Location version of Google Maps. But uh, it works pretty well. I I was able to test it out quite a bit this weekend, and it's uh, pretty fascinating. To kinda, it kind of basically just pinpoints the tower itself, where whatever you're connected to. Um, I had a one spot uh, this uh, afternoon here in Red Wing where it was kind of putting me uh, probably about 15 miles away from where I was actually at, but it's been very accurate otherwise. Uh, it's not GPS at all, but it just kind of gives you a, a, a quick quick reference to where you're possibly located at uh, within a, a mile or two radius. So 
uh, that's kind of neat. Uh, they improved the uh, Versamil client a little bit. Uh, I haven't seen any improvements uh, personally with it, but I know it's a new version. Uh, they did some Sprint TV. I don't know what they did there. Uh, they've got some Bluetooth fixes, some AOL instant messenger performance. Uh, they added a few other features. Um, otherwise, the update went really well. I used a, a backup client to, um, it was called a Resco Backup to uh, save my device and then restore it back after the update. And it's running just as good as new. So one of the, the points that they make in the enhancements is the allowing for preferred roaming list updates over the air. Is that something similar to the instinct where you can go into a program and actually update your PRL without having to directly call Sprint? Or how does that work? No, I, I don't think so. I tried finding some uh, more specifics out on that, and I wasn't able to locate anything. What was happening is I, the, I think the original central ROM was not allowing the over-the-air updates uh, when you call star two to actually save to the phone. It's like it was trying to get it, but I think they had a bug in there where it wasn't actually allowing the PRL to update at all. So I think this just enables the the function when you have to call up Sprint and say, flag my account for a PRL update. Then you have to call back and the star two will then uh, program your phone. So I have not seen that, uh, that, that basically a pull PRL update uh, option anywhere in the phone. Okay. Well, it looks like it's going to be about a 30-minute update for those that are interested, which isn't too bad. Um, looks like that should be something uh, should be fairly easy and straightforward, so we recommend that all users go and get that update. Well, BlackBerry announced this week a program called MediaSync, which allows integration with your BlackBerry wireless handheld to your iTunes music collection. Um, all of your music that's in your iTunes can be automatically transferred and selected playlists over to the BlackBerry as well. It is currently only available for Windows and uh, doesn't apparently support any video or DRM'd tracks. So if you're a Mac user, unfortunately, uh, you're going to have to wait a little while to see this. But good to see that a lot of people um, who are obviously using iTunes to manage their music will be able to now synchronize it over with relative ease to the BlackBerry. Well, the HTC Touch Diamond has... uh, come under a lot of speculation over the past few months and its release overseas and people bringing it here to the U.S. The ability to use it in areas that did not have uh, 1900 megahertz support has been very difficult. Uh, this week, however, it looks like a uh, an HTC Hong Kong worldwide English ROM has been released that unlocks the 850 band in the device. Um, what uh, that means is folks that are in areas that have uh, AT&T service that run on the 850 band will now be able to use their diamond, uh, receiving more than simply GSM uh, speeds for the data. You'll be up to an edge connection now. Uh, the ROM also apparently fixes the no signal issue that uh, users have been experiencing. No action while touching navigation controls in camera mode issue. Some files and internal storage, which cannot be listed problems. SMS sound alert notification delay issues. Improves audio quality after the audio booster is enabled. It improves the TouchFlow 3D tab switching and movement speed. Improved homepage loading speeds. Turns off the five-second auto screen off function and adds random access bar to the right-hand edge of the screen for selection of weather, countries, and cities. This is available from XDA developers, so it is not an official release. Um, You can, however, go over to the HTC website 
website if you are in Hong Kong and uh, sign up for an account and download it directly from there. I tried to install it on my ROM and had some issues with it. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to test out some of these improvements that they've had. Um, I'm hoping to see them come out with something official here soon so that we can update this and finally have a device that works pretty much anywhere in the U.S. Um, but an interesting uh turn of events from a device that people thought was a tri-band device, now a quad-band one. So you're still looking, f- and you're still looking for 3G uh, US bands, is that correct? Yes, that has not been done either. Um, that's one thing that I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. I believe that's a completely separate um, chip, or at least uh, you know the, the radio itself. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's, it, it makes sense to go from a tri-band to a quad-band because that, that, you know, that's just simply a software um, again, I hope I'm wrong. It would be great to see 3G speeds here, but I don't know. I just don't see it happening because they're going to want to supply this device to the U.S., uh, specifically to a CDMA carrier, and they're going to want to make sure that people aren't able to bring in the GSM versions and use them on, on 3G here, I think. I think that's going to be, at least at least that's kind of my thought on it. I don't think it's going to happen. So Anyway, uh, Trio 800W, we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, an interesting find here from WM Experts. It looks like there are, is uh, some controversy on the upload side for the EVDO RevA network. And someone found that by typing pound pound EVDO, which is 3836, and then pound, you're able to bring up a special programming menu, which is very interesting. Yeah, that's uh, standard across all Sprint EVDO phones. You can do it on a Centro. You can do it on any, any uh, Sprint phone. There's a lot of commands uh, that Sprint has that are pound pound um, example. You can do pound pound debug, pound pound sum to get uh, totals. You can do there's a there's a ton of them uh, that uh, work, but EVDO is a standard one. So if you do this, you'll notice that by default a a, a checkbox that says enable Rev A is not checked. And what that means is that upload speeds will cap on the device at about 120 kilobits per second. But when you check the box, they will be updated and you will get in the mid 300 kilobit per second range. So basically doubling the speeds that you'll get um, on your upload side. So make sure if you've got the 800W that you check that out. Again, pound pound uh, eight, or excuse me, 3836 pound. Check that enable Rev A box and hit save. And uh, make sure you also have the broadband setting as automatic um, so that you have the best possible service available in your area. Finally, here in the software side of things, the Pocket Informant uh, suite of software has been upgraded from Pocket Informant 8 to 8.1. Highlights of the upgrade include a two-key search for the Pocket PC. It's like the T9 for search. Contacts rewritten so that it's now very fast. Improved events view with groupings and more improvements. Improved journaling views with groupings and better views. Improved touch modes. Major improvements to the smartphone all over the place. And it is now supporting linking, better one-handed usage, a default number uh, for smart num, and uh, also a number of template improvements. The upgrade is free if you already have the Pocket Informant 8 suite, and uh, will be av- and that's if you purchased it after September 1st of 2007. If you bought it before then, you can get the upgrade at the promotional price of $16.95, full retail, $29.95. So make sure you check that out and upgrade it if you are interested. Pocketinformant.com. 
Some questions and comments here this week. First one is a question from Travis, and he says, uh, Hey, AZ cell phone junkie. He says, I have a few questions about the iPhone 3G. On numerous iPhone forums, I've been reading a lot of problems with low 3G signal. People say that they used to have and be in solid 3G areas, but now since they got the iPhone 3G, they're having horrid coverage. Have you experienced this issue? Also, over at Howard Forums, many people are saying that there are a lot of 3G iPhone 3Gs that have a light leakage issue where basically you're seeing the outside of the phone leak leak light around it. So go into a room that's pitch black, look around the edges of the phone and see if you can see any light emitting around it. You'd think if you can see the light, you would be able to easily have dust get in there and get under the screen. Thanks, Travis. Well, um, on the light leakage thing, I tried it. I, I can't see anything, so I'm not really sure exactly what that's referring to. Unfortunately, it's, it's kind of difficult because the screen is so bright to kind of see if there's anything leaking around the outside. Um, but uh, in my experience, I, I didn't. Um, so I don't know that that's um, something that um, maybe I'm just not looking hard enough for, or maybe my device just doesn't have that issue, but I seem to be okay with that. Um, and then earlier in the show, I did talk about uh, the 3G coverage and, and my experience with it, but it has been um, it has been okay. Um, it, it's been um, probably a little bit poorer than what I saw on the 750, uh, but then again, it's, it's all kind of relative to the bars that you're seeing on the phone, and I don't really trust those. I trust what my speeds look like when I'm downloading data and or if I'm able to make a phone call. So that's kind of kind of how I look at it. Yeah, my comment on the, the light leakage issue, some of that could be just the, the actual thinness and transparency of the plastic itself. I know the Centro, when I'm in a dark room, I can actually see the, the charging uh, LED light actually just shining through the plastic, uh, the silver portion on the top of the case and even the red portion of the case it just shines right through the plastic itself. So, um, you know, it, it could potentially be an issue for dust, but I, I don't think you'll have an issue. I, I think their, their screens are sealed against the, the touchscreen on the front anyway, so, um, and, and you don't really have to worry about dust inside the phone either. Uh, that really won't uh, hurt much. Um, so I wouldn't worry about, about that too much. Yeah. Um, just real quick before we move on, um, one thing I have noticed is that the, the the new phone does switch over less frequently than the 750 from the 3G to an edge connection, which is good and bad um, because you'll find that uh, it holds on to 3G. Maybe you've just gone through an area with low service, um, but then it, it won't automatically switch over to edge like my 750 was. Um, on the flip side, I was in a restaurant this, uh, this past week where uh, my wife's phone was throwing five bars of edge service and I was showing literally uh, none or no service in uh, the 3G and it kept switching back and forth yet wouldn't pick up on the edge connection. So I had to manually force it over to edge to get a signal. But um, anyway, it, it, it seems to be where there is 3G coverage. It seems to be okay. Um, I, I wouldn't say great, but again, it's just okay. Uh, question here from Brad. He says, Dear Mickey, I've been enjoying the show for the past six months or so, but could use some understanding with some of the acronyms that are frequently used, such as CDMA, HSDPA, GSM, just to name a few. Maybe you could spend a few minutes explaining what these terms mean and stand for. Well, we do this every about, I don't know, 
but every dozen shows or so. And so it's a good, uh, it's a good thing to do is to, to kind of repeat everything that we've talked about um, is to get everyone up to speed with these, these acronyms. So let's just kind of go through them very briefly. Uh, back in the start of uh, cell phones, we had what was called AMPS, which was the analog system for, uh, for, for mobile phone communications. And uh, that then transitioned over to uh, what was known as TDMA, or Time Division Multiple Access, um, for what we had primarily here in the U.S., uh, AT&T. Uh, and also that transitioned um, to a, a, a standard called GSM, which was n- is pretty much known around the world now as the standard for mobile phone um, communications. Also here in the U.S., we had a standard called CDMA, which is Code Division Multiple Access, and that went to the providers such as uh, Verizon and Sprint, and those particular carriers um, will uh, have have done upgrades to their 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 service, and now CDMA has the data side known as EVDO, or Evolution Data Optimized, or I think it's Evolution Data Only, is that the term? Anyway... Uh, and then the revisions from there, the Rev A and possibly Rev B coming out soon to the the EVDO speeds. And basically, just as we continue on down the the, the paths, basically people are increasing their um, their capacity and their speeds, and that's that's what these providers are doing. So when you talk about Sprint, Verizon, and Altel, remember CDMA for the voice, and then for the data, it's EVDO, and then EVDO Rev A, you'll hear us talk about. On the other side of things, TDMA's side was then now GSM. GSM is the term you should remember. Um, That's what T-Mobile and AT&T are using. And that uh, transition path switches over to HSDPA uh, for the download side, which stands for High Speed uh, Data Packet Access, and then HSUPA, uh, High Speed Upload or downlink packet access and uplink packet access, I believe, are the, the terms. And with those particular terms uh, are for the 3G side for, um, for GSM. So that's what, uh, that's what they're transitioning to. And uh, Joey, help me out here. What else have I missed with that? Uh, don't forget about the GSM Edge and the GSM GPRS. Of course. Uh, yeah, GSM um, had, had, initially when they had data, it was all circuit switch data. So you're essentially using your phone as a modem. Then they switched to a packet-based access, which was uh, GPRS, and then switched over to uh, Edge, which was essentially enhanced GPRS, which gives you um, the ability to have packet uh, based data connections at speeds that we would consider similar to dial-up connections, and uh, that transitioned into, like we I just mentioned, to the uh, the HSPA family. Um, everyone is eventually going to be going to a new standard called LTE, which stands for long-term evolution, which will allow for uh, for for a lot more consistency and uh, uh, reliability. I think over switching from network to network. Uh, you'll see AT&T and Verizon have already announced that as well as um, Altel. So, so some, 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 good, uh, some good, you know, future growth paths, I think, for the average consumer, uh, just knowing that you'll have, you'll have some more consistent things moving forward. And usually all these alphabet soup uh, acronyms here, they, they really do stand for things. Um, if you're ever curious about one, the best thing really to do is just type it into Google real quick and you'll come up with the answer real fast and what the, uh, what the, what it means and what, what it actually is. Yes, it's not uh it's it's definitely stuff that you don't, you know, need to be an expert on, but if you just get a, a baseline knowledge of, of which carrier has which technology, you should be able to to keep up with what we're chatting about on the show with no problems. 
All right. Next one here is a uh, question from Tom. He says, first, thanks for doing the show. The content and production quality are excellent and consistent. That's rare in the world of podcasting. I'm a trucker and I listen to podcasts 20 to 30 hours a week for several years now while I drive. I'm trying to decide between buying a new smartphone from Verizon or paying an early termination fee and moving to Sprint. I'll decide on the 29th when I get home next. I have a seven-week-old Samsung Glide with Verizon and I just hate this thing. The touchscreen is terrible. I'm also frustrated by my inability to watch YouTube videos or use Google Maps on the Glide. I need a phone that will do uh, that will do both as well as synchronize with Gmail and Yahoo Mail. No corporate email is needed, just personal. A camera and a headphone jack would also be pretty important too. I've researched both companies' hardware and plans on the respective websites, but the information isn't complete, it's, and it's obviously biased. No big deal. I'm leaning towards the BlackBerry with Sprint. Sprint looks to offer all of what I want with their Simply Everything plan. It's way cheaper than Verizon's BlackBerry plans. Um, I need 2,000-plus minutes a month nationwide without any roaming fees. Web browsing, MMS, and email are also must-haves for me. It would also be nice to download and install programs onto onto the device to customize it to my needs. I have a ThinkPad with an integrated Verizon eVDO card, which I like and I use quite a bit, but I may drop it for the service with Sprint, too. I like that it's built in, but my decision on the data line may be strictly based on whether the carrier offers a better deal. If If Sprint will give me a data card for free, then it might be simpler." Before I run this stupid glide over with my 18-wheeler, I'd like some advice and suggestions on what you guys uh, would, would pick. I've read as much as I could to find out online on both carriers and their hardware, but I'd hate if I had overlooked something. Uh, can you help a fellow gadget lover out? Thanks, Tom in Dallas. Well, Joey, I think the BlackBerry is a great option for him. I, I really, I think when you're talking about you know different devices that that will have the ability to to integrate email on a on a you know, a fairly consistent basis. Obviously, BlackBerry does a good job. If you're looking for uh, competitively priced plans, Sprint's Simply Unlimited or a Simply Everything plan is going to be a great option for you. I believe it's, uh, what, uh, $99, which gives you everything. So um, my recommendation is that he, he does look at that curve. I think he'd have a, he'd have a, a good experience with that. So Now, I disagree because I got the uh, idea that he's using it for multimedia. Because he needs the headphone jack. True. So I would say look for the uh, yeah the Sprint Sprint eight hundred W right. Sure. Yeah, that's a good option too. Obviously, that has eight hundred W. Yeah, has lots of features, especially tons of multimedia and podcast uh, abilities. Uh, either that or the Mogul, um, which depending on the form factor, whether you want the sliding keyboard or the uh, you know the front facing keyboard, like on the eight hundred W. But I think. Uh, I think that would probably be a, a better option for multimedia is to go a Windows mobile route. Yeah, yeah that, that probably is true. I mean, you can certainly listen to music and, and watch um, you know, video on, on a BlackBerry, but for MMS messaging, uh, you're right, Windows mobile may be a little bit better of a device. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Tom, this 800W is pretty nice, and I like the QWERTY keyboard on it. I think it, it, it would, would suit your needs just fine. Obviously, you spend a lot of you know, your time behind the wheel. So um, simple for one-handed use um, if you need to, you know, place a call or whatever you need to do on it. Um, it just seems to work well. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's a good option. This 800W would be a good one too. Obviously the Centro too, Joey. Uh, yes, um, but since he's uh, thinking about dropping the uh, EVDO uh, ThinkPad uh, Verizon service, tethering the 800W and the Mogul is much, much easier. And that has Rev-A versus uh, the Centro not having Rev-A. 
Yeah, if you were to choose a Windows mobile device, there's what's called the internet sharing application built in, which is very simple to set up. And if you do any searching for Windows Mobile 6 or 6.1 with internet sharing, you'll see how easy it is. And yes, you would be able to use your laptop tethered to your device. Um, and if you keep your data usage to a, uh, I don't know, to a clip that is you know not going to raise any red flags, like five gigabytes a month, you would be just fine with it. So. Yeah. yeah, and I was doing it last night on a, on the mogul, and it it works super slick. Yeah, yep, absolutely, and I think that's that's probably the best recommendation. That could save them some even even more money. Absolutely, hundred bucks a month. Get yourself uh, the mogul if you want a slide out keyboard or the Trio eight hundred um, W, and and check either one of those out. And I mean that's that should that should answer it. You can uh, you talk about applications. Windows Mobile's got you know just applications all over the place, so that would be a good option. So yeah. Good recommendation, Joey. All right, next here, voicemail from Robert. Robert's calling in from Minneapolis. Hey, Mickey, uh, this is Robert from Minneapolis. Um, you may recognize me. I follow you on Twitter, and we've exchanged some uh, messages back and forth. But I just wanted to call and let you know that I really appreciate your um, your podcast. I listen to it all the time on my uh, iPod when it uh, gets released. So I just want to say keep up the great work there. I uh, did also want to let you know that I am calling from my brand new two-hour-old Samsung Instinct, and I love it. Uh, I've been a Sprint customer for a very long time, probably uh, 10 years or so. So although the iPhone looks nice and fancy, um, I've pretty much been a Sprint guy for a long time and didn't really want to move in a different direction, and I'm still in a contract and things like that. So. I picked up the uh, the Instinct. I had a mogul, uh, so I'm a smartphone guy. And uh, initial impressions of the Instinct, I love it. Um, uh, when I got uh, got back to work from picking it up over lunch, I was actually able to pick up CNN uh, Live, which was streaming uh, hurricane news. So it was really kind of cool. I've already downloaded a couple of songs, and I got my email set up, and it was all really easy to do. So. So far, I love it. Uh, I'll keep you up to date on what I think of it. And uh, again, keep up the great work and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks very much for the voicemail, Robert. Glad you're liking that Instinct, like I mentioned on the show last week. I thought it was a, it was a, a very good device. Uh, I'm interested, though, you switched from the Mogul over to the Instinct. I think that's pretty um, that's pretty unique as far as like a you know a transition. You're you're going away from certain features, but uh, you're also gaining some. So, uh, but you know, loving the device. That's great. Well, I can understand that too because Windows Mobile is um, there's a lot of power there, and for probably a lot of cell phone users, that's really too much it's it's overkill probably so i I can understand that Hmm. yeah well uh nonetheless though great to hear it another satisfied sprint customer and uh, a good uh, plug for the instinct there too uh finally here in the questions we have one from chris and he says hey guys first of all I, i always find your podcast very informative keep up the good work i currently have the motorola q and mainly use my phone for browsing the internet email texting and Google Maps. I'm switching over to Sprint at the end of the month and was ready to buy the Samsung Instinct because it had all the features that I wanted, including GPS, HTML browser, and Sprint TV. However, I just heard about the HTC Touch EVDO Rev-A upgrade, which has GPS and Opera. Considering what I would like to use with um, the phone, which way would you recommend that I go? Thanks, Chris in Gilbert, Arizona. Well, you know there are uh, you know there are a number of devices that meet those needs. Obviously, pretty much every phone uh, that's out there now in the you know in the Windows Mobile arena at least, and um, 
you know the the instinct too. It does email, does internet, does texting. Um, these instinct has, doesn't have Google Maps, but it's got its own mapping application on it. And uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think either way you go um, with the information that we have here, I. I don't know. If you're used to Windows Mobile and the Motorola Q, um, obviously the Touch is going to have very similar options as far as you know applications and programs and functionality that you're used to. The Instinct doesn't necessarily integrate quite as well with certain corporate functions, so I don't know if that's important to you or not. But um, you know, th- those are just some some kind of you know thoughts that I have. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you won't have your uh, ActiveSync email uh, if you use that on Exchange Server. Um, you won't have a, a front-facing QWERTY key keyboard obviously neither of those two uh instinct or the the htc touch have that um yeah the rev a is out uh, that should be uh i haven't heard anything about that negative um but if you want to stay with windows mobile which obviously has a lot more power where you can put any app you want on there probably more future a little more future proof i would suppose than the instinct because the instinct you're basically stuck with what you have on that device um yeah i don't know that and they're both what about the same price aren't they now yeah, uh, they're right at. I think the the touch is right at about a hundred, and the instinct is now one twenty nine with a two year, you know, uh, two year contract. So not bad. Um, you know, good good prices for that. I mean, I know the touch when it first came out on GSM was 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 expensive. You know, four or five hundred bucks. I think it was on the GSM side. So, and I suppose not to say this again, but I, it, it, if he was looking for a, a QWERTY keypad, he could look at the mogul, which I know is uh, it's more expensive. I think than either of those two, but. That, that one does have a full keyboard that slides out. Right. Or, of course, the 800W. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, when you talk about, when, when we talk about recommendations like this, it's so hard because each phone really has its own, uh, its own feel to it. If I had to go out and choose a Sprint phone today, I'm going 800W. I, I'm really liking yeah, it. I, yeah. I really am. I don't like a slide-out keyboard. I've determined that from multiple phones that I've used. Um, I like the touchscreen version of a, a Windows mobile device, and I like having corporate integration. So it takes out the Instinct, takes out the you know the Q9, and all these different devices. So I'm down, and that's that's kind of how I figure out what I would do. You know, and you know, and for everybody who we've kind of made recommendations for. I would have to kind of say the 800W for me as well, because personally, I like the front-facing uh, keyboard as well. And Palm, what they do with the Windows Mobile, doing their own little special uh, features to Windows Mobile to make it a little faster and easier to use as a phone, as a, as a quick you know, uh, device, uh, it's hard to come by with HTC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I, they're just, that's not what their, what their MO is, I guess, at this point. They're transitioning over to this, you know, this full screen. So anyway, but anyway, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can give us a call at 206-203-3734 or send us a email or an, an email at questions at the cell phone junkie.com. And uh, before we go here, Joey, make sure that uh, you hang on and listen to our interview with Dave Maddox from Altel as he discusses everything Altel until next weekend. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. And thank you very much for joining us with this special segment of The Cell Phone Junkie. Today, we are talking with Dave Maddox from Altel. Uh, how are you doing today, Dave? Good morning. Um, we're doing fine. 
great. Uh, you are the director of product marketing for Maltel, and we're going to talk a little bit about your services and uh, everything going in with the new Rev-A network. And so I certainly appreciate your time this morning. And what I'd like to do is let's start out by just having a, a brief discussion about um, Altel and your services, uh, where you guys can be found and how many states. So if, if we've got some listeners that are out there that are not familiar with Altel and, and where they can find you, um, kind of tell us a little bit about, about your company. Sure. Um, Altel actually has stores and footprint in uh, 34 states, and we have roaming agreements that allow us to have coverage across the continental U.S. Okay. Um, would you say 34 states, that's, that's native coverage? I know there's a lot of talk about the, the amount of coverage that, that you guys have, and you've got the biggest network, obviously, in the commercials. There's, you know, there's an emphasis on that. Um, can if a customer was interested in picking up your service, would they would they necessarily have to to be um, let's just say would they have to be in one of those states uh, to get the service, or can you pretty much um, uh, could I could I get the service through a partnering relationship? I guess I'm what I'm trying to get at is um, can anybody listening to this call get your service, or is that still kind of part of an extan- expansion plan? So to be a, a customer of Alta, you would have to live in one of those within our footprint in those 34 states. Uh, our roaming agreements allow our customers within those states to uh, roam throughout the continental U.S. So they would get voice and data services uh, anywhere within the U.S. Okay, perfect. Um, well, for the sake of everybody listening here, can you explain to us uh, what is EVDO? And, uh, and then further than that, what does the Revision A network mean? Sure. Uh, EVDO is a third-generation wide area wireless technology that delivers high-speed mobile data services. And Rev-A is simply an upgrade to EVDO Rev-0 technology, which increases primarily the uh, uplink speeds, but also the downlink speeds. Okay. What, uh, What are those typical speeds? What could someone expect when they're using the network? A customer using Rev-A will experience uh, average upload speeds of 500 to 800 kilobits per second with bursts up to 1.8 megabits per second. Uh, Upload speeds on the company's existing broadband network average 50 to 70 kilobits per second with bursts up to 144 kilobits per second. So the enhanced network will be five times faster. Okay. So if you're you're someone who's currently with Altel, and I've, let's say I've got a device, let's pick something like um, the HTC 6800, you know, Windows Mobile Pocket PC device, um, that it doesn't necessarily have that, th- that upgraded uh, radio, uh, you know, ROM in it. What, are they, what can they expect? Can they expect to see any changes from the Rev-A network? Um, and if not, are any of the current devices that are out there uh, in an upgrade path to get to that point? Um, with the 6800, uh, the device you, uh, the HTC 6800, we actually do have a firmware upgrade uh, that our customers can go out and download to the 6800 to give them Rev A speed. So they would benefit by that upgrade. Uh, our other devices that are Rev Zero compatible only, um, say like our BlackBerry devices, their uh, uplink and downlink speeds would not necessarily increase. Uh, with the Rev-A enhancement. Okay. All right. 
Um, well, what other things are uh, are out there that any of the non Altel users should be aware about with your network? I mean, what kind of tell us a little bit about why they would want to switch over to Altel and what this this Reve means to everybody? Sure, um, you know, with one thing, we have the best coverage within our footprint, and again, um, the largest network in the U.S. So customers can get the benefits of again, a high-speed, wide-area uh, data network, as well as a great voice footprint. So, um, again, there's a lot of uh, benefits coming to Altel just due to our coverage and the fact that we've stayed very current with the uh, technology with regards to high-speed data. Okay. Um, are there any other real exciting products that you guys are launching in, in the near future that we can look forward to? Yes, we just launched uh, an enhancement to MyCircle. Uh, MyCircle customers with a MyCircle message pack starting at $7.99 can get and receive, uh, send and receive unlimited text, video, picture messaging to anyone in their circle as well as other Altel wireless customers. All right. Hi, this is Joey here. And I was uh, wondering about your roaming. Do you, um, what are your usual roaming agreements with uh, other carriers? And do you provide eVDO coverage uh, for other carriers' handsets? Uh, yes, we do have a, um, Altel has previously announced a roaming agreement that includes eVDO Rev A and Rev Zero. Um, and Altel customers with the data card, BlackBerry or Trio can utilize eVDO provided through Altel's roaming agreements outside of the Altel footprint. Um, if Rev A is available and the device is Rev A capable, then customers will have um, the Rev A service. Oh, great. And do you um, and in your eVDO service, do you have uh, monthly uh, caps, kind of like uh, Verizon and Sprint have, where they're limited to about 5 gigabytes? Uh, no, Altel currently does not impose a cap on their uh, unlimited data plans. Okay. And uh, can you tell us if uh, QChat or an instant direct connect is coming for the Reve network? Uh, at this time, we're evaluating all the various technologies that are out there. Uh, Altel currently offers and has offered for um, three to four years now uh, their uh, own push-to-talk service, which is called um, Touch-to-Talk. So we've had Touch-to-Talk, which is a version of push-to-talk technology out there for several years. And we're evaluating all the new technologies that uh, RevA allow, uh, you know, with a high-speed packet network that would enable us to provide a packet-based uh, push-to-talk service. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, I guess finally as we, we kind of wrap this up here, if you can what, – uh, what portion – of your network, does this this new Rev A network? What does who does it reach out to? So, um, obviously, you guys are. Um, I'm trying to th remember the exact number of subscribers that you have. Uh, Thirteen million. Thirteen today. million. Okay. So, yes. what what portion of that of the the customer base or the 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 areas that you have your customers in should be uh, benefiting from this new network? Where how many will be getting this these Rev A speeds? Um, I, uh, to date, I don't have that percentage yet, uh, available, but uh, we're building uh, throughout 2008, so we have a very aggressive build plan for both a Rev Zero expansion as well as Rev A rollouts this year, and um, 
we're uh, releasing those as we launch them. So it's not we're not publicizing the list of cities uh, before we launch them, but uh, you'll see more of those announcements throughout the year. But we do have a very aggressive uh, build plan this year. And if you want to, you can go to altel.com and find out, uh, you know, from our press releases there where we have Rev A coverage today. Good. Great resource for the listeners. They can head over there and check it out if they're interested in your services. Well, Dave, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.